Welcome to Phonogenics 101, a Riot Boy production hosted by Jeremy Gloth. The podcast where people who love music discuss albums track by track. Please hit subscribe, and if you'd like to support this podcast, patreon.com slash Jeremy Gloth or Venmo at Jeremy Gloth. And now, on to the music. All the girls at the party looking. Okay, welcome everybody to Phonogenics 101. We are here to continue the Janet Jackson train. We talked about the first two albums. That been bumpy. Had a good time. <laughs> um, we talked about control and felt empowered. We talked about Rhythm Nation and remembered what a masterpiece it was. We fell in love with Janet and how central it was. And we all cried and laughed and bonded over the velvet rope. But like Janet said on the velvet rope, fasten your seatbelts. It's about to be a bumpy ride because we are moving into the 2000s with Janet. Of course, her last single of the 90s was um, Doesn't Really Matter, which is on all for you. Mm-hmm. Here's the standard edition of the album. Oh, she's the, so beautiful. The deluxe edition. Now, down the street from my house at the 7-Eleven, where I still get a coffee every day, they were selling the All For You single for 99 cents. So this is from down the street. Nice. And then I have my um, Someone to Call My Lover single. And then my rarest collectible, the Come On Get Up single from Japan with the single edit. So there's my, wow. all, for you, my all For You collection. Well, I don't see the clouds in my car. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the clouds I need right there. So... Coming off of Velvet Rope and into the 2000s, Janet was hot. Uh, she was. I feel like Janet had so much goodwill with the public. Uh, people just really loved Janet. Uh, Doesn't Really Matter and The Nutty Professor were such huge hits. Uh, she was really like America's sweetheart again, I feel like. And um, I remember talking to this guy, Brian. He's like, did you hear that new Janet Jackson song about uh, having a nice package? I'm like, what are you talking about? Because I hadn't heard it yet. I knew the song was called All For You. I'm like, it's not about a package, but sure, show enough, uh, it was. I remember going to Target and buying the CD and putting it in my car. So this is these memories you have about the album. Uh, coming after Velvet Rope, I thought this was such a genius way to follow up the album. The, she was divorced. The, the white artwork. Uh, very fresh, very liberated Janet single. She's having her hot girl summer. She's got a cooch covered right there. Uh, <laughs> so I just thought it, it was a brilliant follow-up. At the time, I thought she was continuing her hot streak. I'm like, this is another masterpiece right up there with all the other five. Uh, but we're going to revisit it and see how it's aged. So who would like to go next and say how they felt coming into the All For You era? I'll go next. Uh, I was very excited. Doesn't Really Matter was a huge hit. Number one song, three weeks. She, after Velvet Rope, she dabbled in in collabs. She had a huge hit with Busta Rhymes and and an amazing video. And I I was very excited. Let me tell you about this album because All For You was a strong lead single, a very strong lead single. And at that time, 
you know, I had already gone through three, four. Yes, four Janet Jackson albums that you knew. Because like I always say, Janet was that bitch that you knew if you got her album, there's at least seven songs that are bops. So I was like, I thought she was going to continue the trend. And I thought she did. But now that I revisit it, I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. All right. Jimmy or Sharon, who'd like to go next? Ma'am, unmute yourself. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like apparently, <laughs> apparently good oh. things for are for those who wait. Uh so um so this this record uh like for me was um a little bit of a story of so when I started to go down and visit Jeffrey Dicker and we used to go to the the big uh, gay club in in West Hollywood called Rage. That was that was kind of like the big club that he and I would go to together. Like I think the very first time he and I went to Rage together, one of my big my biggest memories was dancing to the Thunderpuss remix of All for You, and like it's just like the feeling of it coming like coming over me was just kind of like this really magic moment, you know. And uh, and there's really nothing like that line about you got a nice package. It was in a scene like that. It's kind of like yeah, you know, that's like the right place for it. Um, but like that was kind of my that was kind of like for me like you could take you could literally like I think Jeffrey had the line um, like a um, like a CD single with with 11 bonus tracks there was an element to that for this record for me it was kind of like you could just give me that song and like I could pretty much be fine with the rest of the record um with that said I mean I think there's so much goodness on the record like I can kind of forgive you know some of the missteps um like I've there's always been a soft spot in my heart for this record despite everything just because all for you has such a really really soft spot in my heart because of the memories that are associated with it for me um and also someone to call my lover for other reasons so like you know it's like I I just you know I just there are other moments in the twists and turns of Janet's career where I might cast more of a dubious eye on things but this is not a even though like there's some weirdness in the record like this is not a place where like like I give her I give her all the leeway you know like, like there's so much strength here that I just, you know, I like, I still love her. And, uh, and then, like, like there's so much goodness that like, you know, we just, you know, we, we rush up and we support her. Cause like, it was, you know, we love her. So. Darren, I feel like you're going to be the nice one out of this podcast. I, I I, I am like I was so when we were when we in the lead and I was gonna say like I think I'm probably gonna be the most like like forgiving of her, but uh, but I have my moments. <laughs> there are a few songs in here. I'm like, what were you thinking? <laughs> All right, well, Jimmy, think you were on the fence about joining us. I'm glad you did. Welcome. Well, Sharon might be wishing I wasn't here, probably because I'm not. I think I might be the um opposite of Sharon on some of this I mean to be honest with you 
I mean, my recollection of this album at the time is, you know, the songs that were played in the clubs, really, basically. You know, I'm sure I heard the album. Um, you know, I looked. It's interesting because I loved Velvet Rope and, like, worshipped that album so much. I mean, I have this album somewhere. I don't even know where it is, but I don't remember. I, I don't have a lot of memories of listening to the entire album at one time. Where, I, like, Velvet Rope, I was like, I just thought that was a masterpiece. So this one we're going to go through. I'm going to try and not be caustic. So please call me out if I'm being too acidic or something. And I, I mean, I might need to put away these because these are some catty notes I took. So I need to be I, I want some of them catty notes. <laughs> yes, I, I do. Careful. On, and I always say this, my friend Quentin Harrison, who writes for Albumism, always said, oh, excuse me, my cough drop. He stands by that Demita Joe, 20 Y Own Discipline are Janet's masterpieces. <laughs> so I did invite him to the podcast. I'd love to hear him defend those albums. I Please. do not I do not feel the same way. Interesting. Because he said that's like the, the height of her black excellence. Um, not in those oh. words, but um Oh, but you know what? I can see that. The R and B I, I can see that. I can see it because it, those are very R and B driven album so mm -hmm. i can see that i well, can kind of really... like beyonce's career actually when you think about it all right except the last album i never <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh no i would never please don't come for me i know who the queen is <laughs> so the album starts with an interlude we've gotten used I... to the janet interludes i was done already by this time i had had hey. enough of the interlude. Just no, I, I was like, no, like, I don't want to hear her talking anymore. I don't want like those skits are done for me. I'm done with them. Yeah, but, like but, but, they were yeah. cute. The first 18 albums, number 19 was a no. <laughs> are you guys recording me? It just it was so Girl, bad. bitch, you know, they're recording you, bitch. Please. Jimmy. <laughs> the female Michael Jackson. Every time she talked. <laughs> Sharon, but, but it was also just like why, like, like, because at least in the in the early records, like there was a she was saying something, like there was a purpose for them. There was like an actual like I'm gonna set up the concept of the record with the interlude, like I'm gonna open the record with with the concept, like with a with a thought, and close the record with a thought, mm -hmm. and then. You know, even with the velvet rope, like the interludes would at least, you know, they might be, they might be playful. They might just be kind of like, they were like, they were chapter notes, like kind of like bookends that would sort of say, all right, and now we're going to sort of like transition to another thought, another mood, another feeling. They may not necessarily be like, you know, thought provoking, but they, but they were sort of indicating we're going into another flavor or another mood or something like these, these just felt kind of just like, what, what is the point? <laughs> And maybe I'm missing something, but I just kind of felt like, all right, we don't, we don't need, we don't need, we don't need the trick for the point of, for the sake of having the trick anymore. You know, that's how I see it as well, too. I kind of agree on you with that because even if the Velvet Rope did not have these iconic interludes as the prior albums, it worked. Here I was like, bitch, get to the next song, please, for the love of God, please get to the next song. No, some worked, some didn't. I just think like right now, it's it's it, it was turning very gimmicky mm -hmm. instead of something like you said a connection 
like or or you know and and like i just i was like girl click 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 get me get me to the music okay i'm done I'm, i i really was like over it but the thing is like it's it's such a trademark for her now you know what i mean so obviously i don't i i just like she just needs to lessen the rebrand i don't see her ever not you know not doing interludes because that's her well that's but, why i loved unbreakable because it doesn't have interludes on it she finally okay. got rid- nope she was like i'm too old for this shit <laughs> that's why i like not to jump ahead but that's just i might like on well i'm not gonna jump ahead Let, uh, let's go okay yeah, yeah. Bring on first single first song <laughs> um do we need to mention fran drescher at all no but she 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 assumes that she sounds like her. So <laughs> that's such a that's such a grating way to start the album. Okay. Any other thoughts on the what's the actual name of the interlude? Who cares? Intro. It's called <laughs> intro. intro. <laughs> oh. All right. I remember being in my car because that was before things leaked. Well, if they leaked on the internet, I didn't get them usually, and you know. I usually didn't hear songs until I bought the album. So when the first track came in, You Ain't Right, I'm like, oh, here's a fresh Janet for the 2000s. I believe, was this the album where she took some vocal lessons and they were talking about how she just felt more free and liberated? I'm like, all right, girl. So this is kind of a, a little bit more, this song kind of reminds me a little bit of Bernadette Cooper, Madam X from the 80s. I don't know if anyone knows that album. but uh, I, that, I know her group. Yeah. I like Bernadette a lot. Ooh, you gotta listen to that Madam X album. Before Madonna had Madam X, Bernadette had this uh, side project, just that type of girl. Jeff X knows that one. I'm, I'm gonna share it in the chat later. But um, You Ain't Right kind of gave me Madam X, uh, Bernadette Cooper flashbacks. I thought this was a very great rebrand of Janet into the new millennium. Uh, X. It, it was, it's still kind of edgy sounding today, I feel like. Like, it's just a weird kind of song. What do you all think of this one? Well, I mean, I think it's a head, like a perfect opening line. You know, if if we could get rid of that intro and just let the album hit with You Ain't Right, perfect opening line right there. Um, I mean, I think it's got a good, great beat. My only criticism really was I had a hard time understanding some of the lyrics. If I'm just listening to it, I was like, and the articulation wasn't really there. But as far as the song, yeah, it's a good one. The Janet mumble was in full effect. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Sharon or David, any thoughts on it? You ain't right. So from, from my standpoint, the first three songs on this record are like not the, like I, I cast no like, like side eye on the first three songs on this record. I think, Neither do I, think... I, and I am the shadiest of everyone. Um, <laughs> this was a bop. This was, a, you know what? This was a great way of saying, hey, I'm coming into my third decade. And and I, 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 I loved it. I loved it so much. It makes you want to dance. It makes you want to move. It's dark. And I love dark, dancey songs. So it's, um, I loved it. I loved it back then. I still love it now. It is um i played it at, like i had it on repeat three or four times i was like this is it um because was this around the time destiny's child was coming out 
Um, yeah. Well, they were out already, but they were big. They were out already. It was, oh, my God. Offer you block survivor from going to number one for multiple weeks. So I feel like you ain't right stood side by side with that kind of new R and B that was coming out. I was yes, that's that is something definitely like I had I I get kind of mad that she stalled or she truly, you know, this could have been a fourth single. This could have been a hit, a huge hit. At least even if it wasn't a hit on the pop side. It would have established her even further in the R&B side because there's no way that this would not have had, you know, at least urban. With with some of that hot Janet choreography on there. Oh, and plus you can remix the hell out of this one. Yes. This would they could have danced. This one they could have turned it into a dance floor anthem easily. So like, oh, it was just so dark. Yeah. It's, it, I love that about it too. Yeah, I just I love the darkness when it comes to R&B and to dance music. It's just it's moody. It puts you in a certain mood and 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 honestly, this is sometimes her bread and butter. Like if she can continue to make songs like this, is good. All right. Well, any other thoughts on you ain't right? I give it a thumbs up. All right, all for you. Can we not? There's no dispute. I think this is one of the sparkling gems in Janet's catalog. This is is one of the biggest songs of all time, regardless that it's Janet or not. Yeah. First of all, the the glow of love sample from Change featuring a young, unknown Lufer Vandros. I love that song. So when I heard All For You for the first time, and I and like as a kid, I heard the glow of love. So I knew that song. So right off the bat, I was like, oh bitch, let's go. It was fun. It's flirty. She's sexual without you really have to listen to the lyrics to really get into the sexual part. And but it's it, it's it's sugary pop RB masterpiece. It is deserving of its seven weeks at number one it is deserving of being one of the biggest songs of all time and it is classic janet and you think about 2001 in 2001 we had you know janet coming out with all for you and madonna with music so it was a great year for my divas (laughs) great year and whitney too whitney too had a couple of she she was coming off my love is your love and she had a couple of things like these hookers were like yeah, we're from the 80s, but we come in hard, hard into this new millennial. Mm-hmm. There are two types of people in the world. There are people that like all for you and people I don't want to associate with. I, I, You know what? I cannot, like, I will question you if you say this song sucks. Yeah. Because how is, how does it suck? How does it suck? No way. Explain to me. And once yeah. again... The bitch got herself an iconic choreography. Oh yeah. You know what I always had to laugh at though? In in the video where she she's all smiling, then she does the serious breakdown where she gets she does the Janet serious face where pleasure principle comes in, and then she's back to the smile. I'm like, oh Janet, that's getting a little cliche with that serious face. But that's my only gripe. I'll shut up. Jimmy, I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, I really like it when the piano comes in because it gives it kind of a house music feel, which is, you know, it's kind of a nod 
you know, to the culture there. So I, I, but I agree. I mean, who can, there are so much, there's so many elements here to like that it, that's something there for everybody, really. This song, this track has something for everybody there. So it is all for everybody. So nothing negative to say at all. And I feel the song is, the song is such a towering achievement that even if there wasn't anything else great on this album, which is not the case, this album would have still been redeemed by how great this song is. One of the best songs of all time. Mm-hmm. Everything that makes Janet so great, the sweetness, the sensuality. And let's remember how her look kind of got rebranded for this era. She had very much like the kind of the black Barbie, I feel like. Like a little bit more makeup. She came, uh, she came with abs. The abs. <laughs> she, uh, she came with her number one weapon, which is that beautiful smile she yep. has. And, and, and exactly. Like, oh my God. How about the single to offer you where she's caressing the pillow and her hair is just so beautiful. Esa misma. <laughs> Come on. Like I had that CD single because obviously Miss Sharon knows what's up. The fundamental <laughs> mixes are everything. So <laughs> it's, it, it, you know what it's like, she was entering her third decade. She was what, 35 years old, newly single that we didn't know she was fucking married to begin with because all that shit came out at the same time. And she has a monstrous hit, not just a cute little hit, because a cute little hit could be doesn't really matter. All for you is a monstrous hit, huge hit. And I think there was some like, squabbling. Who gets, who, gets, who, who gets huge hits in their third decade? Yeah. In, in her case, in her fourth decade of entertainment. I think there was some squabbling that her ex-husband was kind of the force behind her great work. So when she came out with a single and showed like, no bitches, Janet's the force behind it. I thought that was, you know, a really timely and strong statement. You know, Janet, Janet's Janet. She didn't need no man. (laughs) All right. Well, any other thoughts on all for you? No. Thumbs up, of course. Right. I was driving with some of my friends from my job, these young kids. They're like, oh, put on something from the from the 2000s. And I put on that song, and the, they were loving it. They're like, oh, they didn't really know the song, but they're like, this is so good. So it's the song is the gift that keeps on giving. All for you is awesome. All right. <clears throat> Track the next song, Come On, Get Up. I thought this was going to be a huge hit. I thought it had hit written all over it. Uh, but it was, I guess, only released as a single in Japan. I think it continues the trio of opening tracks uh, that feel good. You're single, you're ready to mingle, hot girl summer. What'd you guys think of this song? This is becoming a signature hit and sound for her. Because on other albums, you will hear a come on get up, just differently worded and different together beat. again. It Correct. starts in the beginning to sound like a little bit like to have the vibe of together again. So I agree. Correct, because you know, that. you know, people do believe in, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and in this case. It was very reminiscent. It's very, it's, it's very Janet. It, you know, I don't think anybody could do songs like this because it's so Janet, but it's her and it works. In this case, it worked. All right. Any other thoughts on Come On, Get Up? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I just I, had, I, it. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sharon. I was going to say, it's a romp. That's what I love about it. It's yeah. a romp. You know? Yeah, I just I love the uh, breaks between the courses. I thought that was 
you know, great. And I think this is another one that was just ripe for remixing. Again, we're you ready for the dance floor. Let's hit it. So, yeah, it, I have nothing negative to say about this one at all. All right. Well, we are moving. Oh, yeah. Two thumbs up. Come on, get up. So we are, when I was listening to this album in the car, I'm like, okay, we have a slow song. And there was another slow song. Then there was another slow song. Then there was another slow song. Then there was another slow song. So we are about to, we are leaving the opening trio. And I feel like this is something that happens on the next stretch of Janet albums. That there's that whole pocket that just kind of, I don't know. So the first song of this section of the album is When We Ooh. Um, I don't even know what to say about these damn songs. David, to host this podcast. I can't do anything. No, y'all, this is yours. <laughs> As I'm looking through the soundtrack of my... Um, it's okay. It's okay. It's... it's, it's it's not like I'm gonna be like, oh, it sucks, dick. No, it, it's okay, but it isn't. It, she's had better ballads. She's had better ballads. I feel like and any that, of these would be better if it was just that one. Like if it wasn't the whole long stretch, I think any of them could have been better as like a standalone. And you know the horrible thing about that is that yeah. these just melt together, like. You know, when I, like I said, when I first heard it back in 2001, I loved it. But now that I hear it again, I'm like, and I'm like trying to, ca I do not hear the transition from one song to another because they just melt in together. And sometimes it's good, but in this case, it wasn't. And like, this song is okay. I'm not going to say it's bad, but I'm not going to say it, it, after those first three songs, you're like, damn, really? And, you know, talk about alienating your gay fan base, because us gays, we never last more than one song, honey. Like, we didn't need those five songs. By one song, they're in and out of the apartment and gone. So, like, <laughs> I, I didn't need this 45 minutes of sensual music, Janet. I just need one song to get the beat back in. <laughs> All right. Anyone else on When We Ooh? So, my... My biggest problem with this song, it's just, it's like it's like a perfectly serviceable slow song, um, but like there's like this weird atonal thing going on, and it just that just I don't know, it breaks the mood for me. I'm just kind of like I'm sitting there, I'm like like what is that thing? I can't handle it. So and it's funny when you were saying like one song, and then you're just like okay, we're done. I was thinking to myself, I was like, is that why there's like four slow songs in a row? Like she, like they, they, there was this thought process of like, someone's going to put this record on and go through the four songs and like make it a whole like situation. And in my head, cause like, you know, because I'm a parent, I'm just like, who's got fucking time for that? <laughs> like maybe that's a terrible statement. <laughs> like Sweet Brown said, ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, any thoughts on when yeah, we Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just was not connecting with that one at all. And my notes say I'm bored. And then I wrote, actually, I can get enough. I've had enough of this song. So let's just stop this song right now and move on. And that's all I have to say about it. I'm going to give it a sideways. I don't think it sucks. I, I think didn't I... like it. I didn't connect. I'm going to go down. Oh. 
Well, I'm not going to go down. I'm oh. going to give thumbs down. Well, if you want to, you have five songs to, or six. Okay, next. That's about me now. We yes. are we are moving overseas to China. Love. Uh, I kind of got the song in my head today and listened to it in my car. I'm I'm going to admit it. I I don't know why it's here. Why? Uh, but why? <laughs> I kind, I kind of wish this was the only ballad because I'd be like, all right, we're doing a little interlude here, a little China girl. You know, we have Island Life on the next album. We, you know, we get to the islands, we go overseas. Mm. Uh, am I the only one that's defending this song? Okay, take it from no, there. No, no, we can't. Nope. No, we, we cannot defend this song. Like, no, exactly. Like, I, I can't even do do the. It was the two thousands. It was like no. Like it was, <laughs> it was dated. At the time of release. How horrible is that? Yeah, I wrote a note that I probably should have taken a nap before I listened to it because maybe I would have been fresher or something. But I needed, but for me, I was like, you know, it had somewhat of an interesting melody, but then there's a harp at one point. It's just too precious. And I'm just like, (laughs) the lyrics were weak. And no, no, I don't need it in my life. I really don't. Okay, any other thoughts on China Love? I'm gonna give it thumbs three fourths up because I kind of like oh I'm, boy. I'm not doing I'm not I'm not doing this. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Next <clears throat> love scene. Ooh, baby, ooh, baby. We are still having sex. We are moaning and groaning. Uh, I'm just like in the bedroom, I'm checked out by now, girl. I'm ready to I'm ready to be alone in my bed and watching TV eating a snack. See, the next song after this is the actual song that clicks when it comes yeah. to sex and and what? lust and all that stuff and romance and all this shit because this isn't it either. So it's like Yeah. Okay. I've heard this before. You've done this before. But it's like a a cheap facsimile of what you've done before. So, and like I said, these songs, they tend to melt into each other. And I can't really tell when the new song starts. If it wasn't because the other song, the next song is great. It is really good. That like I wouldn't have noticed the other three songs. You know what I mean? And and that's that's a shame. And let's not forget to mention that the good old thunderstorm is back. It seems to show up on every Janet album. It's not a Janet album in the 2000s that there's not a thunderstorm somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts on uh Ooh baby, ooh baby. The only thing I'll say in its defense, I thought the vocals were presented up front, which was nice. They weren't buried in the mix, but it just felt like a weak track and a filler. This was just a mm-hmm. filler track. A waste of time. I just couldn't believe how I forgot how many slow songs there were in a row. Like when I was the album, like, yeah. okay, but then it kept going and going. So we are ending and it's weird. And it's weird coming from her. Like, let's not say, because when, when she hits on a ballad, she fucking hits on a ballad. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But we want those up-tempo songs. We want to be moving. And maybe it just, it didn't connect with us. Like, she 
like my god again let's wait a while come back to me these are ballads anytime any place anytime any place yes i get so lonely these are like slow tempo songs they hit and they grab you this didn't grab me anywhere i waited i waited a minute (laughs) just it didn't grab me but um but i'll always say you know the other bitches wish they had this type of trash. You know what I mean? While this could be trash for her, it would be a hit for somebody else. Like, uh, like blah. But um, no, it's a no. <laughs> All right. We have one more song in this slow jam era. But, but the song that saved the fucking era. Would you mind? Um I have a little something to share with you guys that I've just been sitting on this for weeks that I was driving around the other day. I was so hungry and I just started singing like, I want a Big Mac, small fry, quarter pounder with cheese. I want some Wendy's KFC Taco Bell. Come on. We're laughing about that shit, but that is that's iconic. That that (laughs) that the way she spilled them lyrics. <laughs> I want some chicken wings, tacos, Dory. Oh, it's so good. Okay. <clears throat> Am I fired from host? Sorry, Patreon. Um <laughs> I want some chimichangas, Dory. Okay. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. What do you all think of this song? Sharon, you said something great in the group chat that Cardi B had WAP, but Janet did it first. Right. Well, the, but it's so true, though. It's like Donna Summer about, did it first. Oh, that's oh. true. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, there's um. but I mean, <laughs> the thing about the thing about that, though, is like Donna. I mean, Donna Summer will claim that she didn't mean it to be like she wasn't necessarily she was she was suggestive but she will claim that like she was still like a good christian girl and they were telling her to kind of like pretend to be sexy but she didn't she wasn't like she wasn't it wasn't like her own agency they always said she was an actress and playing a part when she did love to love you right assuming a role right whereas this is like literally janet saying like let me just spell out to you exactly what i'm going to do to you in bed Right. And so the thing that I said in the chat was like we we made such a big deal of, and not not to disrespect all of the things that we said about WAP, but like we made such a big deal about WAP being this kind of mo- defining moment, like like, hey, like this is women sort of like taking back the agency and saying, you know, what, like, like this is what we want, like this is what we're going to do in bed. And like this song kind of did it like 20 years before and like but but like you know, like Janet doesn't kind of get the credit for that. But, but the other thing too, that I said, which I also kind of want to like, you know, chuckle about as well is that only Janet could sing a song like this. And it sounds almost demure, like, like coming out of her voice, like, like, like lyrics that nasty sounds almost a little bit like kind of like little girly and demure, you know, just like, Mm -hmm. you know, and like only literally only Janet could pull that off, you know, that she's like, she's being so like direct, you know, and, and like, these are all the things I'm going to, that we're going to do, but, but, but it sounds like just so like, you know, kind of just cute and like, you know, 
You know she was playing with her kitty in that vocal booth, though. (laughs) Yeah. That's what the ending suggests. Oops, the song came too soon. (laughs) What do you mean? You're so lame. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, David or Jimmy, what do you all think of Would You Mind? I don't know if you want me to say what I think about that. No, go ahead. Um, I wrote down, just because you can be explicit doesn't mean you always should. Um, and ah, it, ah. I wrote that it was another same-sounding song. Is What is she trying to accomplish by being edgy? And, you know, will this song ever end? You know, Donna Summer's Donna Summer did it first. And, you know, it's like maybe she needed to take her own notes from Let's Wait a While. Maybe she should have waited a while. That's, it's funny you said that because that was another thing I did. This is write. the exact opposite. Right. I actually almost didn't write. I almost wrote in the chat, but I maybe I forgot, which was, well, I guess she's done waiting a while. Right. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm not the fan of this one. I'm sorry. I mean, but. it's like no, no disrespect taken, you know, like we can all have our own perspectives on it. I mean, right. for me, I love it, you know. Like, I, and, I, and I agree with Sharon. I, I love this song a lot. It's great performed live. I was like, um, I don't know. I liked it. I like, like I'm telling you, after the duds that we kept hearing, this was like great to me. I don't know, maybe because I'm a horny bitch, but I she's in her bag again. Like, who's doing songs like this? No one. No one was doing songs like this, and I, I, I loved it. It's one of the, for me at least, one of the shining moments on the album. All right, well, we're halfway done. Do y'all want to take a break or keep going? Let's finish this, man. All right, let's keep going. Side two. I feel like the next song is Trust to Try. I feel like on, you know, on Janet, we had the opera singer. On Velvet Mm -hmm. Rope, we had the the violinist. I feel like this is kind of her experimental track a little bit. Um, We have some singing with an orchestra that's angry. I, I feel like the title Trust to Try is weird. I wish it was Give Trust a Try or but whatever. I'm just being picky. Um I don't know what I think of this song. What do you guys think of this one? I I liked it more at the time. As it's aged, I'm just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I think I, on every sorry, you go first. I kind of like the melting of, of the genres. So she starts off, you know, with this very renaissance victorian type of singing and then you're getting some sort of sharon's word industrialism in there with like metallic sounds and stuff like that so i kind of like that part of it but it isn't something that i'm gonna go back to and that's just me and like because i oh lord child oh it's a rough stretch us but um it's okay i i'll give her the props for experimenting because this isn't something you would hear from her so it's great because when she experiments she hits and i'm not saying that she didn't hit it was just okay you know what i mean it it, it isn't like i've never heard somebody tell me that they just love this song so i'm like 
but I'll give her props for experimenting. It, it just if it, it it didn't hit like it should have. Like uh oh, you know, she experimented on other albums with a rock sound, with an industrial sound, and it was like this. But here, it was just like, mm, okay, it's cute. Whatever. I'm like, <laughs> let's pause this bitch for a second. <laughs> we have been joined by our friend Jeffrey Dicker from LA, who's about to come out with a new book, right? Yes, I am. All right, well, cool. Um... Not in reaching distance, but I can show you later. <laughs> so Jeffrey is going to just recap his thoughts on part one of the album and then jump in for part two. Uh, speed round. You ain't right. Loved it. All for you. Really loved it. The, the Thunderpuss remix, like, best times of my life and most hilarious times of my life to that song. So definitely 10 plus on that one. Uh, come on, get up. Loved it. There was a good dance remix of it by Manny Lehman. Loved that. that. Oh, yes. Uh, when We Ooh. I liked it. I mean, not the greatest song ever, but listenable. Uh, China Love. Starting So with some Janet Jackson albums, like I feel like she starts off strong, has then patches where there's like weak spots. And this is like starting a weak spot for me. When the thunderstorm shows up, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, the interlude... Love scene, ooh baby. To be honest with you, don't even remember it. Ooh baby, ooh baby. No, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and then, would you mind? That was wasn't that like a really sexual song, like the um, "Eat Me Out" song on the album. What? What? Would you mind? Yeah, that's the Isn't one. That... I just want to touch you, feel you, dear. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's been a lot. Like, there's certain certain songs that have never gone off a playlist and other songs like not, not so much like that one is not so much for me all right and then trust to try is actually where we're at right now so loved it like okay so just to recap how are you guys feeling about this record so far loving the, it hating it the first three songs iconic very then different it's, <laughs> then, then it sags uh but with trust to try we're saying it's kind of you know jenna was being experimental here but Maybe not her most successful experiment, but not bad. Well, yeah, it's I, making me of um, um, from the Velvet Rope. Um, what about the time you did to me? Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. where I, it's like yeah. that album's um that song. <laughs> so that's yeah. where I was going. Like she has one song like that. I feel like on every on every record, and and it's, it's sometimes it's better than others, but. I always love that she always tries to do one and uh and so like like I'm I'm always here for it you know so like and also like I, I'm always like a I'm a sucker for like when she try when she does her little like whether it's her like black cat moment or her like you know like her moment of kind of like anger or rage like I'm always I'm always here for that you know I like I like a, I like a fierce Janet like I don't, I don't necessarily want a like a, an entire album worth worth of Fierce Janet, but like I like my moments of Fierce Janet. So <laughs> I feel like she's pretty good at mixing it up. I mean, like you, you know, you she's got her rock songs and her, her smooth R and B songs, and then her dance tracks, and you know, sometimes she's a little ballad heavy for me. But, oh, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, trust to try. I I guess I will give it thumbs up though. It's not one of my favorites, but I don't think it's a flop. Oh, I liked it. I liked it. Jimmy, did you have anything to add about this one? I can't remember if you talked about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I said at least she's trying something different. 
Um, but then it falls back into familiar territory. And then all of a sudden it's time for a guitar solo. Like we haven't heard that before. Um, did like the strings. And it's, again, it's another one. It's hard to make out some of the lyrics, you know, without reading them. So, you know, for me, that's why it's kind of like, you know, kind of like a lot of familiar territory on, on this one for me. All right. Well, moving on. Picture it, everybody. Wow. Picture it. It's the year 2000. Martha's Vineyard. Carly Simon's out on her veranda, drinking a nice glass of white Zin. She gets a call from Flight Time Studios from Janet Jackson, asking if they can sample her song, uh, We Are So Vain. Carly puts away the Zin and pulls out the shard. It starts drinking a whole bottle of Chardonnay as the Martha's Vineyard sunset goes down. Next thing you know, Carly's in the recording studio, drunk off her bottle of Chardonnay, and she throws down some vocals for Carly, for Janet Jackson's Son of a Gun. Little did she know that those vocals she recorded as the Martha's Vineyard sunset went down would end up on the final album. Clouds in my coffee. That's a pretty right. good version of it, actually. <laughs> I know she a legend and everything, and she needs to be respected. I as, love as Curly. I love mm -hmm. Curly. But what the fuck was she doing? <laughs> These lyrics are the biggest cringe I have ever heard. Like the sample was enough. The, I thought Stop the, there. Her, the sample was fine, and even her singing was fine but what the fuck was that spoken word bullshit unacceptable mm -hmm. for me like i was like like we've been talking about this for weeks for weeks that i cannot take the cringe like i'm like oh and i would love to fast forward it because i've heard it but i really needed to just oh my god i was like girl and, and i'm like I, i'm like janet please Stop enabling her every time I listen. You love Carly, man, Carly, man. No, bitch. Please snatch her a bit. Tell her to go editing, girl. Like you, like, like, like. I can't believe that Janet heard the ending of this shit and was like, "Oh, this is gonna be great." I'm like, girl, no. The song without the bullshit is good. Well, then That's they did that great. remix. Right. That remix was great. Exactly. And then, like, and then there's that they one that goes to check on a bitch real quick and be like, no, man. But there's you're that only one that for like 10 minutes or something like that. And you're like, this could have been like four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Janet, thickest thieves. Shut it, up, bitch. Mark, Mick had the apricot <laughs> scarf. Cumulus, Romulus. Clouds in my coffee. Yeah. It's funny because I never, I mean, I guess I've always thought it was bad, but like hearing David say it, <laughs> it really brings it home. <laughs> Look, I'm fine with the clouds in my coffee. I love that's a, a great classic song that is still like talked about today. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But no, girl. Now, why? Is anyone here familiar with Carly's 1985 camp classic Spoiled Girl? Her dance pop album. It's oh, so no. bad that it's great. Like, it's so bad 
that it's so good. But I feel like this here isn't so bad that it's good. <laughs> no, this is so bad that it's really bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's worse. I'm like, this is like a girl. I'm like, this is and like back then I was like, damn, bitch, this is Carly Simon. What the fuck is wrong? Me and my friend Peter had an art warehouse in the 2000s, and we we're gonna do a whole play staged to Carly Simon's spoiled girl album from 1985. Some of the classic tracks, it's My New Boyfriend, it. The Wife's Are in Connecticut. I strongly recommend it. But back to Janet Jackson, clowns in my coffin. Oh. Um, Sharon or Jimmy, any thoughts on Son of a Gun? I don't think that I can improve upon this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Carly ruins it. I mean, the spoken the spoken part is absolutely horrible. How? I mean, but you know what is is interesting. I forgot how horrible it was. Like in my mind, when this song was coming on, I'm like, oh yeah, I really like this song. And then I'm like, oh God, I forgot about how horrible. So I must've been listening to the remixes back in the day because the actual song by itself on the record, the Carly spoken part is horrific. It's like a train wreck. In the hall of fame of white middle-aged woman rapping, What's worse, Son of a Gun or American if, Life? No, don't even try it. This right here. Ooh. Because Ooh. I will defend I drink a soy Ooh. latte. Ooh. And I get yeah, a double that's latte. A no, that's bad. No, that's no, no, bad. <laughs> no, no, no. Actually, no, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need Jeffrey Dicker to weigh in on this one. Jeffrey Dicker to the I, to the podium, I, please. I think uh, Madonna's lyrics are worse. But just by a hair, I'm, we're not we're, say, not. we're not Madonna bashing here. We're just it's. I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it's liver like, cancer or stomach cancer. I mean, either way, you know. Like <laughs> I'm gonna say this is a genuinely hard. I I don't know if I have an answer personally. This is a genuinely hard question to answer, because like the like I do yoga and Pilates and I'm checking out the bodies like you know, like. But this was horrible. At least the bitch could rhyme. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I am but like no. That's, okay, oh. that's a fair point. She could rhyme. That is that is a fair point. There were there was rhyming involved. <laughs> yes, it's horrendous, and people hate it. And I'm delusional, and I love American life. But yes, these are hot messes that should not be be talked about. And like, I'm like Carly Simon. You're fucking Carly Simon. Well, what's bitch. crazy to me is like to sample "You're So Vain" is brilliant. It's a that is Correct. a great track, and that opening so, bass riff, like that's oh, such a great sample. It's so good. So to sure. sample it is like genius. But whose idea was it to ruin it with her talking and you know that excess just fucking Janet Jackson you hear in the fucking song go off Carly I'm like no bitch shut up (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you the white zin was flowing on Martha's Vineyard that night bitch I don't know what crack they put in that white zinfandel or if it was brute but she needed to throw it out real quick Mm -hmm. she went to Palm Springs sorry (laughs) doing a circle back to an earlier conversation there that now, I, something we failed to mention that I did feel like this was kind of like this album's version of what she had done with Joni Mitchell. Yes, right. I was going to say that. Oh, one. I had made a note of that. Yeah, <laughs> trying to recapture that magic. 
But I could, Tony is a smart legend. She knew when when to talk and when not to. What if Joni would have been like, when you get in that taxi and it's big and yellow, me and Janet, Girl. we say hello. No. Joni would never. <laughs> Let's not. I'm in a taxi. Please. This single's going to be a maxi. <laughs> oh, God. Or even worse, this pad's going to be a maxi. <laughs> and she's, she's rapping. This is a terrible thing to say because I love Carly. Oh, I I feel like a lot of times when singers age, like they get like a bad vibrato. And Carly was like, clowns in my coffee. I've, but see, I had no issues with that. I had no issues with her singing. Not whatsoever. The bitch wanted to talk. And I'm like, no, ma'am. No. Sit your ass back down. Your white Zinfandel isn't over. <laughs> oh, Carly Simon had a couple of great albums in the 2000s. Uh, this was not one of the peaks of her creativity. Um, my final thought is, Carly, if you're going to the studio, keep the Zin in the, in the little... Patio refrigerator oh, in Martha's no. Vineyard. This bitch giving White Zinfandel a bad name. <laughs> um, of course, the Missy Elliott remix was one in the video, right? Yes, and that knocks. That knocks real good. <clears throat> right? At the time, yeah. everyone had a Missy remix. It was, was almost. It was almost kind yeah. of generic. She's a legend for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Even Madonna had a remix with Missy. Right on a song with a rap. How? Why is Missy Elliott? Show up on all these songs with people because Missy Elliott was on the American Life remix, mm -hmm, then on mm -hmm. the Son of a Gun remix. Do you notice a parallel here? Anybody? He was on the um, Into the Hollywood Groove. <laughs> oh yeah, Into the Hollywood Groove. That's okay. right. That classic. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'll always remember the video to that because Madonna goes into a split and Missy's like, "What is that?" <laughs> <laughs> I still have the little Gap promo CD. So do I. I actually just got it. Yeah, recently. Me too. Somebody gave it to me, and I was like, "I'll take it." I'm so excited. All right. So, Son of a Gun. Oh, I'm going to have to give it a thumbs down. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I actually like it. Oh, but no, like if we take away the Carly part, that's horrendous. <laughs> it's still a bop. It's it actually right. funny because I, even though I thought the lyrics had all these years have been stupid, like until tonight, hearing David's assessment of it, I never realized how stupid. So, because I never had those thoughts in my head until now, I still like the song. <laughs> No, it's fine to like the song. Like, did we I'll just ruin it for song. you? I just you fast forward did, through the bullshit. <laughs> Me and Jeffrey like cumulus and Romulus Shut clouds. Out. Okay. <laughs> and I'd like to thank my Patreon subscribers for all leaving because <laughs> you all hate me now. All right, <laughs> let's move on. We are now the boat is now leaving Martha's Vineyard. Thank God. The next never, song never docked. <laughs> the next song is Truth. Don't remember it at all. I don't remember it. Yeah, the truth is it's boring. It's boring, right? It's kind of like a mid-tempo, right? The only good part for me was that they used the ooh child, things are gonna get better. And they actually gave him writing credit on the song. It was used properly. I just kind of wish she had just done that song instead of the rest of that song. Ugh. I was not a fan. Any other thoughts on, on this one? It's it's okay. Yeah, I thought it was okay. 
I, I like the Ooh Child. Mm -hmm. I love that song. So it's like, right. and, and, and like you said, it was perfectly used in this song, but more ballads and, and, and nothing. And I'm sorry, you, you don't have anything that has been hitting hard to keep us like it's, it, I'm not saying every song has been a flop, but nothing that, nothing compared to the first three songs right it's been a long time since you've heard something something really... that you're like oh yeah. shit wait wait a minute wait and that could have been son of a gun but a hooker had to talk and <laughs> and and like but like we're Bitter starting on your table now already <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we're starting to be like okay this is very repetitive it's slowing down a lot where are we going with this miss janet but it's not a horrible song it's just okay it's nothing that like if it i'm playing it right now i could leave it playing and not have a problem with it not it doesn't give me the strength to push to the next song which is fine but it isn't something that i'm going to be like oh my god let me put it on repeat let me get my life to it a little more it's just, it's just okay all right well the next thing is an interlude that i don't remember at all called Demo, theory. You know, I'll throw interlude. <laughs> All right. I remember the first time I heard the Like a Virgin album. Uh, it was when Like a Virgin was out, but Material Girl wasn't yet a single. And I remember hearing Material Girl for the first time, like, this is a smash. The first time I heard Dress You Up, I'm like, this is a smash. Well, the first time I played the All For You album after this long sag, the first time I heard Someone to Call My Lover, it was fucking love at first sight. And yes. I still, I think this song is another sparkling gem in Janet's crown right next to All For You. I love this song, and I actually love it even more than I loved it at the time. Like, I think it's aged so well. Janet doing what Janet does best. My love for this song is very deep. And same for the song All For You. Like, I think these two iconic top, these are gold standard, you know, pop R&B songs, in my opinion. So I'm curious, does, does my panel here share the love? What do you all think of this one? Yes. I like it. A I lot. think it's trash. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay, Carly. I would never. This is like you said, a smash. It is Janet in her pop bag. A very good pop song, and and relatable lyrics, and even more for the time period, because we all knew what was going down. She went through that divorce, and she was starting to date Jermaine Dupree. So it was kind of cute and they had been dating for a couple of years secretly and they were starting to come out and do some stuff. So it was really nice to see her and maybe we'll meet at a bar. Those are hit because they're so relatable. Like who haven't gone through them? And this was her last top 10 hit. Wow. Like I'm shook. She's yeah, been years without a top 10 hit. And this was the last one. And this was a major hit for her because it peaked at three. Um, the, I love that it is. It's classic Janet. Like she don't have to overdo it. It's just her, her lyrics and a cute little beat. And, and, and I love it. It's Vent great. Ventura Highway. Ventura Highway sample, <laughs> yes. Built around yeah. that. So that helped That's it right. a lot. 
This was um this song came out this whole album came out during the time of Napster and I was like really hardcore into Napster at the time and these random bootleg remixes that you could never find before all of a sudden things you heard at a club or whatever were suddenly just at your fingertips and so anytime there was like a single it was like search for remixes of it because there probably be one and this song there was all these really great remixes that and none of them were like officially released and I was like. They are sleeping on this. And the one that I recall the most, in fact, that was the version of the song I listened to the most in my life of this song, was it they made it sound like it was a remix and it made it sound like it came out in 1980. It had like a total roller skating vibe. If I can find it, I'll put it in the chat. It was because it was like a random Napster remix. It was so fucking great. That is I listened to that over and over and over again. So I did love the song, but I was so used to that version. When I hear the album version, it sounds weird to me because my ears are used to that other one. And there was a dance remix of it too that was really great that I don't remember I don't remember much about it at the moment, but um, I remember listening to that one a lot. We may get to that. Hex, 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 Hector, I think. Yes. Yes. That's the one. Uh, I, I think it's uh, yes. HQ squared. It's Hex, yeah. Hector. Oh, that, sounds, that rings a bell. Yeah, this is such a great feel-good song. I mean, I have absolutely nothing negative to say. It, you know, it was so refreshing on this album to get to this track. It was like, like you could just, um, it's like you could just like sigh because it was like finally a great song after what we've kind of been through, you know, after the first three. So this one's great. I like that popping sound in the percussion. It's, it was using a lot of R and B from that era. The only other song, like that ex-girlfriend song from Mariah Carey, Rainbow, has that same drum sound. But I can't think of any other ones. But it was very much of the time of the production. Uh, any other thoughts on Someone to Call My Lover? Uh, everyone thumbs up on this one? All right. <clears throat> Next. Feel So Right. No Feels reference. like filler. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't uh, mind this one. It's a victim of the time, <laughs> of of because like a lot of people had this type of sound. This wasn't like like any of these R and B starlets at the time had a song that sounded just like this. So it wasn't different. It was and it wasn't unique to her. So it's okay. Again, we're getting a lot of songs that aren't tragically trash but are just okay and they're just maybe a step above mediocre on a scale of Demita Joe to control <laughs> <laughs> Not Demita Joe. leave Demita Joe alone on a scale of discipline to control um, on, on a scale of 20 years old no <laughs> let me stop I, I just you know I have a fear of abandonment and I just feel like y'all are gonna abandon me for these next upcoming albums i said i will stick it out for your patreons oh. because they deserve it <laughs> all right any other go ahead any other thoughts on feel so right generic bland exactly like any of these like anivia could have come out with this song like like this isn't like this isn't up i'm like janet and you're a legend already she's a legend already well, it's interesting when you listen like, to these, when, I mean, not just her, but so many records where there's like songs like All For You and like they had the brain and the wherewithal to go, that song is amazing. And then like at some point, do they just give up or like to to then pick a song like this one, which is so weak? 
And I mean, Janet is unfortunately guilty of that throughout her career, mostly. I mean, really. I think it's funny because so many times in Janet's career, she's like, edit. I'm like, you need to. Yes, please. (laughs) Does she know the definition of the word? (laughs) Or is she just saying it? Okay, up next. It was a much, like, let's think of times this has happened. Live to Tell was on True Blue. Die Another Day was on American Life. Um, doesn't really matter. wasn't really an all for you song in my mind, but they put no, it on the album. So. It was put on the album because you know it was a hit. The thing, it was, yeah, it was a hit, but it definitely does not fit the tone. Like this is like all for you is like a cute little '90s R&B bop that was fine. Um. Uh, Something that something that would have come off of the writing off the wall, Destiny's Child, that type, DC4, it was just something late 90s, and you hear it, and it's and it's Janet because nobody can do it like she does it because it was a hit. But it what song would this mimic on this album? Like, where would this song fall? Like, oh, you know how when you have some Janet albums, you know, these songs, they work together. What's this? Uh, that song doesn't work because obviously it was it was two different times. This song was recorded when in, in, in 1999, released in 2000. And this album was worked on when? At the end of 2000 and 2001. People don't know, but all you need is a good year. <laughs> and the also, whole musical landscape can change on you like that. They also used a different mix on the album. That was kind of weird. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, at least put on the single version, so we at least have the, you know, access to the version that was the hit. I didn't really like the weird version they put on the album. Well, I probably like the weird part better than I did the song because oh. I just wrote that it sounds like a mediocre version of a better song. Um, but I did like it when she gets like when she goes edit. Then it, all of a sudden, at least it gets interesting for a while, and then rock mix. I was like, is this rock? That's not rock, you know, so it's a little confusing, but I just read that this song lives up to its title. You see, I I love the song as a standalone single in its single remix. That cute little video with the little mechanical dog. Oh, and she was so beautiful in The Nutty Professor, too. But it's a so soundtrack like, song. Like, leave yeah, it, it is. It, it, it's specifically made for that movie. It's not made for anything else, but it is still a bop. We will not deny the bopness. Because I got my life with it. <laughs> but it doesn't fit the album. But that's okay. Because it doesn't mean it's bad. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of examples. I know Berlin put uh, Take My Breath Away on their third album. And it did not fit at all. But it's weird when people put the, these soundtrack hits. Like on albums that come out mm-hmm. way later. Well, see, the thing is, like, you know, I think because they want the connect. Like, they don't want people. You know, back then, sometimes the singles didn't come out. And who wants to fucking buy the Nutty Professor soundtrack? You know what I mean? And Matambien, since it was such a, you know, a standalone song, let's just, you know, let's just put it into this album. You know, she's got an album coming out. Unlike when you said Die Another Day, that came out a good almost year before, it was the Miroir sound that connected Die Another Day to the rest of the American Life album. And this just does not connect. Doesn't mean it's bad. It just doesn't connect with what the work she has on this album. So I give this song two thumbs up. I give it two I thumbs do. down as far as belonging on All For You. Okay. I, I totally agree. 
I'm going to give it a this. Just I liked it. I, don't, I, I, don't I didn't like it, the song when it came out, actually. But then when it hit the album, it made me listen to it more. And I went, okay, it's all right. <laughs> I was surprised it went to number one and became so iconic at the time. because the, the three weeks listening- at number one? Like, this bitch, I was like, okay, this hoe is coming strong on the, in this new decade. Because it was, it, it was huge. It was played out. I heard it a lot on radio. You know, that was her first release. And <laughs> let's say it one more time that Buster Rhymes collab was hot. Gonna make, wow. gonna make, gonna make your body sweat or whatever. I love that song. Oh, it was it was a good like you know what? I've 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 been with, you know, you always had when you weren't you didn't have an album out and you've already exasperated the 18 million singles. You, you know how she does. But um like it was great people are there and they're going to like um people are there and and you know you have when you're not doing an album you'll do an occasional duet or you'll do a a, a soundtrack song but it keeps you in there they don't right. do that anymore but this is right. that that's how i grew up where it was like okay so you know madonna didn't have an album but then she has you know who's that girl or you right. know uh whitney doesn't have an album out but she has you know the uh the the olympic song she has little songs that'll hold you down till an album comes out and yep. that's what the song was okay we're gonna do a little edit the most important quiz i've ever taken in my given to y'all in your lives if you had to choose busta and janet or busta and mariah which one was better oh. The Janet one, and I like both songs, but it's just um, is that the video iconic? Uh, and, and and the bigger hit was was the Janet duet, and I think um, Janet was on top at the time when that duet came out, and Mariah was struggling through charm bracelet yeah she was struggling through charm bracelet big time like and glitter and all these other ones so it it was a hit only like bust and janet you can't you can't decide who made the song a hit you know what i mean they're both great but that bust and mariah song we know who was the hit maker on that one see i know and we're off on a tangent but I'm gonna go team Mariah, and this is my supporting evidence. Please. <laughs> We're coming off glitter. We're struggling through charm bracelet. I feel like the busted Mariah, it kind of, you know, then they came out with that remixes album, but that was the pathway that led to Mimi, in my opinion. So I feel like that was Mariah standing back up, getting ready for her comeback. Plus, I love we always made fun of it in my job how the whole song she's like. And then she's like, exactly. I will climb a mountain high. Like she just sings like one line in the whole song. So, all right, back to all for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Does anyone else want to give their vote on Busta Janet or Busta Mariah? Can I vote uh, Busta P. Diddy, Pastor Cavassier? <laughs> Pastor Cavassier. <laughs> All right, I'm, that, that, that's gonna be my vote. Oh, no, I, no, child. If we're gonna vote on a Busta song, it'll be when he was a member of leader of the new schools, and they had a duet with a trap called Quest called Scenario. 
Okay. I did not know that that was an option. I just had Girl, a you brought this other song, so let's not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have we a have... funny anecdote really fast. Um, Sharon knows that I used to hang out with Be Real from Cypress Hill. <laughs> and one day I was over at their house and the phone rang and I was next to it. And so I answered the phone and it was like, I was like, hello. And he's like, yo, is B there? It's Busta. And I'm like, yo, B, it's Busta. <laughs> and then <laughs> he got the phone. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love Cypress Hill. <laughs> All right. We have one song left. <clears throat> the nerve. <laughs> what was the closing track on Velvet Rope? Special? So I feel yeah, like yeah. Be- Better Days is the special of all for you. Definitely. Um, it wasn't bad, though. I like yeah, that. It's, I think it's, it's not it, like... It, it, see, this is a classic Janet ballad. I agree. This is like, this is cl- this is good. This is real good, in my opinion. I, I, as the ballads that we've got in, it probably might might have been one of the best ones she had on this album. And, and, and... I don't know if it's the vocals or anything, but it, it was fine to close the album with this. Well, you know what? Actually, my first listen through the album, I was so exhausted by so many mediocre songs that I lumped this one into it. But today I went and it's like, no, just go listen to that one song in isolation. And then I could really actually appreciate it because I love the line when you live a nightmare it's hard to dream and I, I mean i was like that's a brilliant line right there and then you know the strings the guitar the great chorus the grand orchestrated ending you know on its own i appreciated it but when you have like listened to this whole album you, i was just exhausted by the time that one and i had written originally i'd written down for better days better songs <laughs> but but i will but i have to go, go back and say on its own, it's a good song, good ballad, and you know some really good lyrics. All right, any other thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think it's a. I think it, best it, case scenario. It's, in the, it's like it's in the vein of you know, let's wait a while. It's her vocals; they're soft, they're mm-hmm. luscious. Um. This is is a Janet uh, ballad. You know what I mean? This is really something good. I liked it. And then, of course, the album ends with another lovely interlude called Outro, where Janet's talking again. And these interludes, these interludes on this album. This is where this is where it happens. This is when we're done. We're like, we're girl. Please get get to the point. Please, por favor. <laughs> and it's only, it's a journey from here, folks, because we have Demita Joe coming up in two weeks. Don't abandon me. Somebody, somebody, Demita I'm here. Joe. I told you, I'm it. riding till the wheels fall. Well, the wheels have fallen off. <laughs> I'm riding on the axles. Until <laughs> yeah, I'm voted out. I'm here till I'm voted out. Well, you're part of the family now. Jeffrey, mm-hmm. will we ever see you again in the Janet universe? Yeah, if I'm around. Next uh next Wednesday we're doing Lindsay Buckingham Law and Order. If anyone's a Lindsay fan, oh. it's his birthday today, actually. Happy oh, birthday. happy birthday, Lindsay! Yeah. Is it when you get the Stevie Nicks Barbie doll that just came out? I it's heard about it. Out. I heard about it. And it was sold out instantly. It was sold I, out and before it like it was hardly announced everywhere. It's so funny on the Stevie Nicks message board. They're like, they should have done a Street Angel Stevie Barbie. 
<laughs> with, with her three chins and her crimped hair. Wow. In a pillbox hat. I saw that tour. Oh, Ooh, not her peak. All right. Well, Janet Jackson, all for you. Originally, I lumped this in with the early masterpieces. Upon a re-listen, I think I lump it more with the Demita Joe side of things. So what's your, what's your ranking? Oh, I give it. Oh, I can't go first. Yes, you can. Okay, I never go first. I'm going to give it 6 out of 10. Okay. I think All For You and Someone to Call My Lover are iconic singles. I think this is a blue... Rhythm Nation was such a blueprint for Janet's classic albums. I feel like this is a blueprint for Janet's crab albums. Lots of... A big area of ballads, all with a thunderstorm, stupid interludes, and... Um, I don't know. I want I give I'm gonna give it a seven because of the strength of the singles. But um I you know, 20 years ago I would have lumped all for you with the four prior albums. And listening to it again, I'm like, really? I like this shit. I was a fan of this. I like this. Wait. Um, with the other albums, like I hadn't listened to Velvet Rope in a minute. So when playing Velvet Rope, I was like, oh, it took me right back. And the love that I had for the album. And I don't know what happened to my love for this album because it's gone. And 20 years ago, I would have given this album an eight or nine, but now I'm realistic and it'll be a seven. A seven only because of the strength of All For You. If All For You wasn't the mega smash that it is, it'll probably I would have agreed with you on a six. This might be the first album in my whole Phonogenics uh, podcast. Because usually I end up loving the album more and remember what I love about it. Or the panel like elevates it for me. This is the first one that I liked less than I did at the time. And this is like the 105th episode. So this, is, this has been a weird journey. I hope we're not flamed too much in the comments, but it is what it is. Okay, who wants to go next? I'm going to go give it a six also, based on the strength of the singles. Um, it's not... With Janet, like I was saying earlier, like her album's like after Rhythm Nation, pretty much, for me. I didn't I didn't love the Janet record. I know that's sacrilegious, but I didn't love it. I liked sections of it. And even Velvet Rope, there's sections of it that are so great, and then there's sections of it where I'm like, this is starting to dwindle for me. And I kind of felt like she did that has done that for the rest of her career starting with um after rhythm nation so i'm not disappointed um that it's not super great because i grew to expect that i would like sections of it and not like sections of it because i always thought the interludes were stupid but that's my personal opinion whatever um but she definitely can fucking belt out a hit that's for sure and this album has a bunch of those so um yeah six okay jimmy or sharon I'm going to go with 6-5. And I know, I'm just going to go wild here with a with a half half a, a decimal point here. Um and it really is on the strength of the of the singles. And um you know, and and the moments where she did a little bit of experimenting and trying different things. Um and then also how raunchy she got at one point. Um which I personally love. 
I don't think it's the best record she ever did, but I do think that um, there's like, like, like when Janet hits an incredible single, like she can, she can hit a single unlike almost any other artist. And um, like there, like there are very few artists, like pop artists in the world that can, that can land a single the way that she can. And like, she does it like flawlessly twice on this record in my opinion. And so like, that's pretty like, you can literally throw away every other song on this record and it, and like she pretty much aces the whole thing. So, um, you know, I wish she had done a little bit more of a stronger job on some of the other, other songs, but like for that alone, I think like, again, like that's in the very beginning, I give her all the props in the world. So that's what I thought. All right, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm going with a six, and that's just because of the strength of the first three songs and the Someone to Call My Lover song. I will say, resequencing this into something that I would listen to was a nightmare. And I had to break all my rules for resequencing albums to come up with something that I would actually choose to listen to for this, which I can give you the track listing if you're interested. I want to hear it. <laughs> yep, let's do it. Okay, you ain't right. It's the Nick Asterisk Crook County mix. All for you, Thunderpuss Club mix. Someone to call my lover, Hex Hector McQuail mix. Son of a gun, I'll be rich, dirty club mix. Come on, get up, milk and sugar classic mix. Would you mind, Midnight Society house mix. Feel so right, Chinese muscle boy mix. Truth, Chinese Muscle Boy Mix, uh, When We Ooh, Bootleg Remix, um, and Doesn't Really Matter, Jonathan Peters Club Mix. And they can all be found on YouTube, and you can make a playlist. And actually, I, I can listen to that. So that no, no interludes on your album? There are no interludes. And even the weaker songs, when they add some beats to it, makes it more palatable. You know, because it's like you're moving and it's not this lag. This album is just has too many just dragged out moments. I, so I couldn't use the original to make anything that I would ever listen to. I mean, I could edit it down to like probably five songs. <laughs> but I tried to I tried to use all the songs I could to find remixes of <laughs> all the songs. So that I did try and do that. All right, y'all. Well, we did it. We are in the 2000s with Janet. We only have four Janet albums left before the series is over. We are doing, we met, we did, we missed September. So we're doing two this month. So in two weeks, we will be coming off the Super Bowl, coming off Nipplegate, and doing Demita Joe. So I'm, I'll pause and talk to you guys for one second, but let me just sign off. Thanks to the Patreon subscribers. Thanks to my friends for listening to Janet with me. And thanks to Janet. Uh, I hope you didn't hear this podcast and feel bad that we didn't love this album. And Carly Simon. We love you, Janet. It doesn't matter yeah, what the album. We love you, Janet. And Carly, stay away from the Zen, honey. <laughs>